Fan Sports Podcast. Uh, quick update on the NBA stuff. We're slipping. Sasha and my team. I know no one cares about NBA, but we're in like 23rd overall, third place in our league because Paul George is out. We're just getting all these nagging little day-to-day injuries. We, we got so lucky the first couple of months, like a guy would miss a game, but he'd be a guy with one game that I'd have on the bench anyway, and everything lined up perfectly. But now we're slipping. I still think we can do well, but um, I still think we can cash and make a run. But uh, just the short-term trend has not been good. But anyway, everyone's here to uh, listen to the baseball. And I just had a Beat Chris List 2 draft last night. And uh, a couple people that I know were in it. uh, Draft cheat, Peter Christensen was in it. Uh, Andrea Lamont uh, was in it. And also uh, Mike Masato, Mike the Mouth was in it. And uh, so there was some, you know, some trash talk and all that in the uh, chat room um during the draft i didn't live stream it i wanted to focus a little bit more um i'll probably live stream beat chrysalis three and i realized like i don't i need to like get a little bit better command of the back half of the pool especially for the uh, main event that's coming up in i think 25 days my draft i gotta go you know it's 15 teams that's a little deeper this is just 12 teams um it's not quite as deep i was picking 10th that was my second choice obviously first was my first choice with cunha um, but when I didn't get that, I chose 10th. Uh, I, I'm happy with that, you know, how things fell a bit. I think 10 is a good place to pick. Uh, I like the first and second round, what you're looking at, although second round didn't go exactly as I thought it would. Um, and I like the third and fourth round too. So I, I like picking there. Uh, it was kind of a stingy room. I didn't get a lot of guys fall that I, you know, I felt like in the first beat Chris list, there were some players that fell a couple extra rounds. I didn't really get that sense this time, but, uh, but I'm pretty happy with the team. I gave myself a B plus a couple mistakes, but I'll just go through this round by round, give my thoughts, um, kind of almost pretend like the draft is unfolding. So I'm picking 10 and I'm hoping for Tatis or Soto. And if both those guys are gone, which they sometimes are because sometimes Freddie Freeman goes 11 or 12, uh, then, uh, then I would not have picked. And if Strider were there, I would not have taken him. I like some pitchers at the three, four turn, although that would have been a good value at 10 for Strider. Uh, but I think since the pitching's a little bit cheaper this year, um, I would have passed on Strider, but anyway, so he went eighth free when I saw Freeman go seventh and Strider go eighth. Okay. Now I know I'm getting at least Soto or Tatis. And then I started getting worried. I don't want to have to choose between them because, Tatis, I see, is 30-30, shoe in 30-30 if he's healthy. I don't, you know, he he almost got that last year and he missed 20 games to start the year. He's playing right field um, and he's he's a year removed from his injury and suspension. And, you know, Acuna came back in, in 2022 after missing 2021 with a torn ACL. And he was didn't really hit for power. Uh, he stole some bases, but he was just okay in 2022. And then came back in 2023, and we know what he did. He was a total monster. And remember, you know, in, in 2021, before Cunha got hurt, um, it was Acuna, Tatis. They were, you know, sort of the one, two, three. You know, Cunha and Tatis were in the top two. I can't remember who else was. Maybe Mookie Betts or somebody was was up there with them. And so maybe Trout um, back then. But uh, but Tatis is just like Acuna, you know, the power, speed, combo could hit 300 um, mega talent the whole thing and uh i kind of feel like 2020 
three for him was Acuna's 22, like, you know, first year removed from the injury and the layoff. And now it's like second year back is when he blows up. I, I, I feel like an Acuna type, you know, he's had to go 40, 70, but he could go 40, 40 uh, this year. So I was definitely targeting Tatis, have him as like number four or five overall. And then Soto, I also love. I think Soto in Yankee Stadium is a good bet to win an AL MVP. Left-handed hitter, short porch, and you know, hitting uh, behind Judge or just ahead of Judge. Um, it's just going to be a monster season for Soto, and he could hit 315, 320. Also, not going to run as much as Tatis, but both of those guys, um, you know, if I were doing an auction, I would probably just get them both. So I, I didn't want to have to choose between them. Um, but I didn't have to. Soto went ninth. I took Tatis at 10. So, so far, so good. Um, my backup plan is if they were both gone and, and Freeman and Strider were there, I was going to take Otani, but it's obviously not ideal to have a DH as your first pick. I like the uh, outfield, just scarce. Okay. So it goes judge team 11 takes judge. Um, I don't know if they want to be identified, so I won't say who they are. Team 12 takes Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. Harper is who I was kind of hoping to get in round two. I like the first base. It's a little scarce as you get deeper into the draft. And Harper steals 15, 20 bases and hits for average. So I really like Harper in round two. I got him in round two at pick eight, actually. So, you know, it was 2.5. Here I'm picking a 2.3. Harper's gone at the turn. I'm one pick away from Otani, but I didn't think he was going to make it back. And sure enough, he did not. Um, so, okay, I've, I'm picking in the second round and it's either Alvarez who I don't really like just because park isn't good and he gets hurt a lot. You know, he's just always hurt, but he finished the year healthy and, uh, was hurt going into last year and it was either him or Olsen Garrett Cole's there. I, as I said, I like the pitchers a little later. I didn't want to pay up for Cole. That's a perfectly good pick. Um, especially with a, a speed power guy like Tatis. I could easily have taken Cole. Maybe I should have, but it was either Olsen or Alvarez for me. And I have Olsen a couple spots ahead of him on the cheat sheet, but I want Alvarez. And the reason I want Alvarez is Tatis could hit 300 or he could hit 260. It's kind of hard to know with him. It's kind of volatile. I think he'll hit closer to 300, 290s at least. But just in case, I just felt like getting that 300, 290, 300 hitter in Alvarez, get that batting average base, uh, was important. And Olsen obviously hit 54 home runs and he's in that amazing lineup in a good park. Uh, but Alvarez's lineup is good and the park's not good, but that lineup is. And as long as he can stay healthy, um, I'll take the batting average. So I took him over Olsen and Cole. That was the choice I had. So I go Tatis Alvarez and I have two outfielders and I'm pretty happy about that because I don't love the, the outfield as it gets later in the draft. All right. So round three comes up and, uh, you know, I pretty much knew I was going to take Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I looked into him, how good he was in Japan, and this unusual delivery that he has. It's kind of like Tim Lincecum a little bit, his peak. And he's small like Lincecum for a guy who throws hard. Um, I just like unusual pitchers with demonstrated track records, and he's still young, uh, and he's obviously on the Dodgers, which will give him a lot of wins per start, um, good run support. So I took him. I was kind of set on taking him. Uh, Zach Wheeler fell all the way to three, seven. I would have taken Wheeler if he'd fallen all the way to me, but probably wasn't. So I take Yamamoto. Um, it comes back to me and it's either glass now or Bo Bichette. I have glass now and beat Chrysalis one. 
uh, when I was doing the live stream with Greg Ambrosius, Greg kind of mentioned him in passing. And then I remembered that I, as I was doing my research, I was like, wow, glass now is a real upside league winning type of pick. You know, obviously there's risk uh, with injuries, but he's the guy that could win the Cy Young on the Dodgers, just elite stuff. Um, just has to pitch 175 innings. And, uh, I went back to the well, got a second share of glass. Now my first repeat pick from beat Chrysalis one, the guy I was looking at was Bo Bichette. Um, sometimes CJ Abrams is there, although, uh, I won't say who took CJ Abrams, but, um, I, that he went three, six, um, Abrams is just, you know, big time steals, a young player with, you know, get 15 to 20 homers and big time steals and you're Tatis and him, you'd be set, but you know, that's fine. Happy to take the second pitcher. I was looking at uh, Bo Bichette also, who I think is a really actually finished the year strong and he was playing hurt. I think he could steal 15, 20 bases again in this new environment and 300 type hitter. Uh, So Bichette would have been a great, you know, batting average base to start run scored. Uh, But I went glass now. Okay. So round five comes up and Max Fried, who I really like is starting to drop. And, uh, he makes it all the way to, to five, eight, but he gets snagged team eight snaked me on quite a few players. Um, this draft, he was the guy who really, and you know, I don't know if it's a snake, if it's two picks away, but as you get deeper into the draft, two picks is nothing. Um, all right. So he takes max Fried. He free doesn't usually slip all the way to five ten, So I wasn't really counting on that. And it's five ten, and I forgot that Manny Machado existed. I don't know why. I was looking at the cheat sheet. Forgot about it. I probably would have taken him. I got him and beat Chrysalis one in round six. But instead, I took Jazz Chisholm. And actually, the only reason I would have taken Machado is to get Chisholm in round six, um, which you know I would have been happy with. But if I had taken Machado and Chisholm went to team 11 or 12, which he might have, um, I would have been mad. I would have rather had Chisholm than Machado straight up. The only reason I would have maybe taken Machado was um, that Chisholm's ADP was a little lower, but I think they maybe flip-flopped in the last couple of days. So it was the right pick. Chisholm is the guy I needed. He's also injury prone, but uh, the bases, I needed the bags. You know, I had Alvarez and two pitchers in my first four picks with Tatis. I needed a second steals guy and Chisholm can go 30-30. No problem. He stays healthy. So happy with that. Third outfielder. I've got two pitchers, three outfielders <clears throat> so far. All right. So Machado goes next pick. Fine. Uh, Joan Duran goes. Bobby Miller goes. O'Neill Cruz goes. And I might have taken Bobby Miller to get a third Dodger pitcher. And uh, But I don't really like anybody here. So this is like sort of the dead zone to me. Round six through eight. I, I kind of feel like I don't like any of the guys at ADP. And I feel like this almost every year, like this is like, there's no difference. I like all the guys in rounds nine, 10, 11, 12. I don't like the guys from six through nine. If all the six through nine guys were also available in 10, 11, 12, uh, I would probably like them. This is just sort of like where the cliff is. If you're an auction, uh, it's where you stop paying the premium. You know, the premiums, the first five rounds for me. And then round six is where, uh, it's kind of a cliff. So, I just took Rizal Iglesias, my top closer left on the board. Iglesias uh, could have led the league in saves last year, but he missed the first month. Veteran closer, lock on the job for now. You know, one of the best teams in baseball. So just the exact closer I like to pick if I'm going to take a closer, but I did not want to take a closer this early. And there were lots of closer values later, which I didn't really regret it because, again, I didn't like any of these picks. I would have taken Josh Lowe maybe. 
Um, but he, but I, I, I thought about it, but he would have been a fourth outfielder would have got some more steals, which I needed, but man, four outfielders already in six picks seemed like a little bit heavy on outfield because I had three with Chisholm. So I take Rosal Iglesias final. I'll get the save. So the, you know, the comes back around to me and I decide, you know what? I don't really like anybody here in round seven, but I'll hold my nose and take uh, Jesus Lazardo. Um, I'm a little worried about an injury with him, but um, he's a good pitcher, good park. So I'm all set to take him. One pick away gets snaked. I get snaked. And I had to talk myself into it. I wasn't really on him. So I was like, okay, maybe save me for myself. Um, but what do I do now? I don't really like any of the values. I know who I'm taking in round eight. I know he's going to be there. I thought about Zach Eflin, um, but I just felt like, nah, he's not. I don't know. Maybe that would have been a good pick. But I take Paul Seawald, who I like as a closer on another good team. And now I got two closers in the first seven rounds, which is not how I like to draft. But if it's there, it's there. So I got, you know, power speed, batting average, starting pitching, closers feel pretty good. But typically, you don't want to use these premium picks on closers. It's only because I just don't like um, the players in this range. You know, like the pick after Seawald is Kyle Schwarber. And if Schwarber hits 240, it's fine. If he hits 200, it's, you know, he's not usable. You can't win the overall with him. He just destroys you. I had him in a league last year. I won't do it. You know, maybe he will hit 240 and it'll be fine. Um, Cole Reagan's went into turn. I just think he's overhyped. Um, Matt McClain's banged up. You know, Brian Reynolds went. I mean, I didn't want any of these guys. Okay. So round eight, I knew who I'm taking it's Jackson Churio. He usually goes round 10 or 11. Um, but if I waited till the end of round nine, given that I complained that I missed out on him, it's a beat Christmas league. I thought I could easily get snaked by a pick or two. So just take the guy you want. Um, again, the difference between eight and 10, eight and 11 and in an auction, it's a couple bucks. It's not a big deal. If you want a guy, just take him. So I took Churio. I don't know anything about prospects. I don't know anything about, um, him per se, except that his, his stat lines at double a, I know that he just signed a, they bought out his arbitration years with a big contract. Um, so he's almost certainly going to start the year in Milwaukee. It's a rebuild there. They're going to want to get playing time for these guys. There's no reason not to play him. And you look at his minor league numbers at the age that he was. This is Ronald Acuna. This is Julio Rodriguez as rookie. These, this is an elite, elite prospect who can run and hit for power. And he's in a good park. And I just think like, you know, Julio Rodriguez, I remember getting him in the main event in the 10th round. And I, and I got Anthony Rendon in the ninth and I was near the turn and, Luckily, uh, it was Larry Schechter drafting at the turn. I was drafting 14th. He was drafting 15th. And Larry doesn't like rookies and prospects that much. So I waited and I got Julio in round 10. But in retrospect, you know, if Julio went like 30-30 as a rookie or close to it. And I was like, holy shit, I almost blew it, you know, just to take Rando. And if Larry takes Julio, I'm just destroyed with that. Um, and so I was like, let's not mess around here. Uh, young hitters, old pitchers. That's my motto, kind of. I think pitching is more of a craft it's understanding, it's cerebral, hitting is more eye-hand coordination, bat speed, explosiveness, see ball, hit ball, you know, it's instinct. So give me the young guys with the bat speed and Churio. Um, it just, again, I, I could be wrong. You know, you have Derek Cardi going through all these failed prospects and no matter how elite they are, but um, this profile just strikes me, you know, as, as Ronald Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, power speed, young age to level dominance getting his contract brought out in a good park i just think this is 2020 the minimum if he stays healthy 
and there's, you know, close to 30, 30 upside. And he may even hit for average as a rookie. I think some of these guys are just ready. All right. So Churio in round eight, round nine comes around. I want Spencer Torkelson. I had him last year, big time prospect. I think he was the number one overall pick in amateur draft a few years ago and came on in the second half. Um, and I need a first baseman since I got Alvarez instead of Harper round two expected to get Harper. Uh, he's the guy's targeting, of course, teammate snakes Torkelson. This is ahead of ADP two picks before me. I also like Sonny Gray. He went four picks before me. So I'm starting to let warm up to the guys in this round, uh, but I get snaked. So, uh, I go ahead and grab Chris sale. Now sale on one of the best teams in baseball brave should get wins. He looked good in the spring training outing. I love veteran old pitchers sale, you know, could still has like Cy Young award upside, but obviously he's fragile. Can he pitch more than 160, 170 innings? I don't know, but he's kind of like glass now, super high upside, perfect situation. Um, and obviously we know that he knows how to pitch. Um, but taking sale, I almost took Jordan Walker there. Um, Walker goes usually in round 10. I thought maybe I'd get Walker on the way back, but I also have Walker in beat Chrysalis one. And I don't really love the six, five, two forty build. I don't know how much longer he's going to run. Um, but, uh, but I still like Walker. I think he's a big time prospect and came back after a, a bad start and hit well in the second half. So, uh, but he went and the other guy I was looking at was Wyatt Langford, about 30 picks ahead of ADP two, just like Churio. But team 11 takes Wyatt Langford right after I take sales. So those guys are both off the board. I'm a little, little bummed, but not really. It was fine. I already made my big, you know, rookie play in Churio. I don't need to stack the whole team full of those guys. All right. Uh, in round 10, uh, I just take Nolan Arenado. As I said, I passed up on Machado four rounds earlier, five rounds earlier. And I feel like Arenado and Machado were kind of similar players. And uh, the whole Cardinals team kind of was a bust last year. I think there'll be some bounce backs from the Arenado, Goldschmidt, uh, maybe even Tommy Edmond. You know, a couple of those guys maybe bounce back. But Arenado got my corner. First non-pitcher and outfielder. So it's round 10. And I had five pitchers and four outfielders and nothing else. So I get a third baseman. All right, fine with that. Um, nobody else I'm really liking there. I see Kettle Marte go team three. I like him. I could have taken him second baseman. Bryson Stott, I'm looking at, goes at the turn. So they're taking some guys I like. Carlos Redon uh, you know, coming off the board. Chris Bassett. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, teammate, stakes me again. I'm looking at uh, Teoscar. Would be a fourth, a fifth outfielder because Churio is my fourth outfielder. So I didn't really need him, but just like him in that lineup. Um, so I'm a little stuck, but I decided to go with Andy Diaz. Uh, maybe he's a one-year wonder. Last year hitting 22 home runs, but he played hurt, hit for power, hit 330, um, doesn't really strike out. And I just think batting average is a really tough category to come by. You can't really waiver wire it. Um, I have Alvarez. I have um, not much else. Churio, we'll see. Chisholm, we'll see. He's not a great average guy. Tatis, maybe. Um, Arenado maybe, um, but I knew with uh, Yandy that there'll be some batting average. So I got him, um, and I needed a corner first baseman. So get him. I was happy with that. Uh, a few more picks go. Shane Bieber goes. I kind of like Bieber. I like again veteran pitchers um, who could bounce back in round twelve. Missed out of him. Take Josh Naylor, another corner. Um, not ideal power, but has average, and he stole ten bags last year. And I'm a little light on steals. I have Chisholm. And Tatis, which is great, but Jordan steals nothing. And Churio steals, which is good, but uh, Jordan steals zero. Arenado steals zero. You know, most guys these days steal, you know, five to 10. 
but Diaz, Arenado, and Alvarez are truly slugs. So to get Naylor a few bags from first base, I like it, plus some batting average. Okay, I'm happy with that. Draft goes on. I'm looking at uh, guys. I'm looking at Sal Perez. He goes, you know, maybe I take him as a catcher. The catchers start going. Walker Bueller go, goes at the turn. I kind of like Bueller. I think people are over overblowing the fact he won't start off in the rotation um, and they'll ease him back in. I mean, so what? You don't have him for April, but it's not like you're, he's coming back from he's coming back from Tommy John surgery, but he's healthy now. They're just easing him in um, as a preference because they can because they know they're going to win the division and they just need guys healthy for the playoffs. But say he misses April. Um, you're not getting a, you're getting, you know, maybe a top 10 starter, you know, mid May on or may on, they may rest him a bit or, you know, mess with them, but hopefully you just get noticed before the week starts and you sit him. So I really like Bueller in the 13th, but he was gone. Bunch of catchers go. And then I'm looking and I'm like, you know what? I'm taking Verlander here. Um, Verlander's got some shoulder issues he didn't bounce back well from his offseason throwing program he's 41 all those are legit concerns but you know verlander even last year was very good when he came back from his injury and one of the best pitchers in baseball went healthy i still think he's top 15 20 starter and uh just gambling that you know that he's healthy um if not by opening day then by you know may 1st or april 15th or whatever so it was a bit of a gamble but um i'm still high on verlander if he can get all the way back all right, so I take him. A couple other guys go at the turn. Nobody I really was interested in. And then I realized, oh, wait, Mar Marcelo Zuna's there. Like, I don't really look at DH very much, the DH only guys. And it's funny because I decided I wanted him. It's like, well, that's a lot of home runs. I'm a little light on power. You know, Tatis and Alvarez is great. Chisholm's pretty good, but Arenado's okay. But it's, you know, I've got Yandy Jan Diaz and Josh Naylor as my corners. Um, that's kind of light, you know, for power. So I'm thinking I need some power. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I got to take Marcel Zuna. That's perfect, you know, in that lineup at Park. And I'm like, I hope 11 doesn't take him. And then I realized Team 11 took Otani. So I know he's not taking Ozuna. He's not taking a, a backup DH round 14. So I get Ozuna. And now my team is nicely, you know, it's getting nicely balanced. I'm a little light in steals. I got average. I got power. I got enough pitching. I got closers. And I've built it exactly the way I want. I've got my four outfielders. Um, I've got my... Uh, pitching and I've got my corners and I'm waiting on middle infield and catcher, which is exactly how I want to do it. I maybe would prefer to wait on closers and I've gotten a starter there. You know, as I said, I missed out on Luzardo, but um, maybe I should have taken Eflin there or somebody like that. But otherwise this team is, is balanced the way I want it. Okay. So uh, I take us in in 14. Anyone go that I, yeah, I like Darvish in round 15. He's gone. Um, the catchers are going off the board. I'm like, I'm going to take Mitch Garver, uh, top like seven or eight catcher for me. He's going to DH, can hit. Um, he goes again, teammate, two picks before me, gets snaked uh, on Garver. So who am I going to take? Um, I guess I'll take a middle infielder. I look at the top ADP middle infielder at this point. It's Jackson Holiday, big time prospect with speed and power uh, on a good team. Uh, may start the year in the minors, but I think he'll make the team. So I go ahead and I just gamble. And I'm thinking this because I don't even think J.P. Crawford was was drafted. I think I got him in the 30th round and beat Christmas one. J.P. Crawford's a leadoff guy who scored 90-something runs, hit like 260, um, and had like 18 or 20 homers last year. Doesn't run, but perfectly viable every day, you know, good player 
on base guy plays defense going to be in the lineup every day leads off for the Mariners and he's there for free. So I like to wait on middle infield and I like to gamble on the holidays of the world. And if they don't pan out or they start in the minors, you get a, a JP Crawford type and Jorge Polanco type later and just, you know, leave them in the lineup uh, to produce every day for you until and hope that one of these, you know, home run picks pans out. It just seems kind of obvious that you wait there. There's just so, so many guys like that. All right. So I take holiday happy with that. Um, and I'm looking at Kenley Jansen, whose ADP is like 147. And now we're in, you know, I don't know, something like one, about 180 something. He's still on the board. And I have two closers, but closers get hurt. They lose jobs. They fall apart. Um, and I don't want anyone else to get the windfall. And I like using three closers. You know, if your uh, pitchers have bad matchups, you got a pitcher at Atlanta, at, at the Dodgers, facing the Yankees, um, you know, facing the Astros, you, you, you know, you might want to sit him and uh, put in your third closer and bolster those saves. So, and, and the beauty of that too, is I can go three closers for half the season. Let's tell my manager this, I mean, this is going to be Ryan Garofalo managing this team, but you can go three, you can go four closers for half the season. And then, you know, you don't want to invest heavily in four closers, but, um, and then you can go eight starters in the second half. If you need be, you know, there's nothing wrong with being unbalanced and saves in the first half. Um, especially if your closers get hurt in the second half or lose their jobs, you know, you've accumulated enough and you can adjust as you go. So happy with Jansen there. I always love the old war horse closers. So around 16 goes, I'm looking now at anybody I really wanted. Not really. Um, around 17, uh, Christopher Morell, I was looking at, but I already had, you know, four of my outfielders and but I could have taken him. Uh, and then I take Jared Kelnick in round uh, 17, Kelnick to me, I have him on both teams, is just kind of obvious, right? He was a big time prospect with the Mariners. Actually, wasn't bad last year. I had like a 740 OPS or something in a in a bad park. Um, wasn't terrible. He runs, <clears throat> and now he's in Atlanta in this lineup in this park, age 23. I mean, it just seems like this is such an obvious post hype breakout waiting to happen. Um, round 17, I think he's mispriced. I understand he strikes out a lot. I understand he's been a bust, but he was very unhappy in Seattle. They didn't treat him well. He's got a bit of an attitude, maybe another year of maturity. I just think this is just such a good, of course, there's, you know, he could obviously uh, fail again, but I just think this is such a good risk reward right here around 17. So Kelnick's my fifth outfielder. Very, very happy to get him and uh, a lot of upside. Okay. A few more picks go. Um, and then I'm like, all right, it's time to add to the middle infield. I get Ezekiel Tovar. Now Tovar had 15 homers, 11 steals. There was 11 homers, 15 steals, 79 runs, 73 ribbies. Um, this is a perfectly good season for a middle infielder. He plays in, and that was, he was 21 years old when he did that. He plays in cores and he has splits where he hit 276 at home and like 229 on the road. So this is great, uh, guy to just put in the lineup when they're at cores. You can sit him when he's on the road. Um, maybe he takes another step at age 22 course field is obviously very friendly to batting average. So this team like he plays good defense going to be in the lineup every day. So this seemed like a good middle infield pick. So holiday Tovar go for the upside. Um, and, uh, we're, you know, you can always fill in at middle infield safety later. All right. So I take him a uh, bunch of guys go, I'm looking, I'm looking, is there anyone I really was like, oh, I really need to get this guy. Not really. Uh, but then Tyler Stevenson and Elias Diaz go at catcher. And I'm like, okay, 
Well, that's it. Once once Garver went, that was already bad. But once Stevenson and Diaz went, Diaz was going to be my catcher. Um, I was like, all right, I'll just take catchers of the two last picks, basically. Like I, we do this in these uh, football playoff drafts or Thanksgiving Day drafts where, you know, there's like two quarterbacks per team and there's 12 quarterbacks playing. And if you're the guy who um, doesn't get one of the key quarterbacks, then you just use your last pick on a quarterback because everyone's full at quarterback. And it's the same thing with catcher. If you don't get one of the catchers you want, don't use the 20th round pick on a catcher. Use the last pick on a catcher. Uh, you, you basically are, all right, you're going to be a little weaker at catcher, but you're reaping all the value of not having to waste a pick on one for all those rounds where people are using valuable picks. There's opportunity costs, you know, between rounds 10 and 20, or certainly in the, in the top 10 rounds to use a catcher. I'm just like, all right, I'll use my last picks. No big deal. All right. So um, this is maybe the first pick that I think was a mistake. And round 19, um, I took Junior Camonero and I I didn't realize that he may start in the minors. But if he has a good spring, they may be forced to play him or they may just hold him down for the two weeks for service time reasons. I don't even remember the rules anymore with that. And the other problem is he's corner now. I think he's third base only. I knew that because I, I put the cheat sheet that way. But I was like, oh, he'll, he'll end up playing shortstop and qualify. The, the race shortstops aren't very good. So I think he'll be up soon. The guy who can rake. He doesn't run. Um, and I don't have, I still don't have that much speed. I mean, holiday and Tovar helped, but I, I'm still sort of average with speed in this era and Caminero doesn't really run, but he's a, he's a really good prospect hitter. Um, so I don't know, uh, one of my commenters on the real man that thinks that the Caminero pick is better than the Churio pick. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, he's a guy that if I have some other problems with Verlander and holiday being down or you know, some guys being hurt that, you know, I might have to drop because I he's a guy I can't use right away. Um, but there is upside. I probably took, should have taken Tristan McKenzie, my top pitcher, but I got caught up in it. And then McKenzie went with the next pick um, because I'm a little bit shallow with pitching. Although the 12 team, the 15, you really have to get the pitching depth because the waiver wire is so barren. But um, in the 12, there'll be guys coming up. All right. So in round 20, I take Giancarlo Stanton. I took him in beat Chrysalis one. Also, my feeling about Stanton is that he uh, that he that he just needs to stay healthy. He slimmed down. <clears throat> you know, he looks like he looks like a regular person now, uh, which is good. And we'll see if he still has all that power. But if he does have the power and he can just stay healthy and hopefully DH is quite a bit, um, you know, he's going to hit. Uh, 35 home runs, no problem. He's going to have Soto and Judge hitting ahead of him. Hopefully, he starts hitting. They move him up to the cleanup spot. This is an upside pick, um, and it really gives me enough power because I had, um, you know, my middle infielders aren't real power hitters, but and my corners aren't real power hitters. But with the Zena, Azuna DH, Stanton is my, you know, my reserve basically, but can move him in. Um, that really gives me, I think, enough. So I was happy to get him. Uh, round 21, I realize I'm kind of thin on starting pitching. That's my one starting pitching and speed is sort of where I'm a little thin. Uh, I take Kenta Maeda, who I think is just a good pitcher. I think Detroit might be good this year. 22, I take Luis Severino. He's been terrible of late. He had one good signature start last year that kind of opened my eyes. A couple starts where he was decent. Um, and he's still throwing 96 and he's healthy, finally healthy. That lat injury is behind him. Apparently he's in a good park this year. So, um, kind of like the gamble in Severino, but he was truly disastrous last year. Had him in the main event. All right, round 23. I still don't have a second baseman. I take Gavin Lux. 
Um, Lux was, you know, is available. He, he qualifies at second and outfield, and he also will qualify at short pretty soon on one of the best teams in baseball. But he's going to hit low in the lineup, may sit against lefties sometimes. So there's some, you know, obviously downside with him. But this is one of the top hitting prospects in all of baseball a couple of years ago. He missed a year to an injury last year. <clears throat> he's in his mid-20s. Um, there could be a, you know, a breakout. This is the kind of thing where, you know, he could just take a leap post-hype sleeper. Um, so I took him round 24. Still needed pitching. Round 25, I take Andrew Heaney. Uh, Heaney pitched really well for like a month in the summer last year. He has the skills. He's on a good team. Just durability and wearing down is his issue. Um, Paddock went one pick uh, ahead of him. I was thinking of Paddock, who looks good this spring. But anyway, uh, round 25, I'm going to take Jack Flaherty, snaked by one pick. Um, so I take his teammate, Reese Olsen, uh, who was actually good last year and struck out a lot of guys in the minors, but we'll see. Round 25, uh, I'm going to take Brandon Lowe. Is it Lau? I think it's Brandon Lau. <clears throat> I think it's Josh Lowe, Brandon Lau, Nathaniel Lowe. Um, and Brandon Lau, um, you look, he's played hurt last year. And I was going to take him, probably should have, um, just because Lux is a shaky second baseman. But I didn't. I took Trevor Bauer. I got mocked in the uh, draft room for it, maybe rightly so, because it's, you know, Bauer is innocent. He's never been, I talked about this uh, last week, he's never, didn't get convicted of anything. They dropped the suit against him. Um, he already served more than his suspension. Uh, if he's allowed to play, he could be a top 15 starter again. And seemed like it was worth the gamble but the truth is and i mentioned this last week that these gms in this era these nerds that are now the gms of teams are just total cowards you know they're not the kind of they're oh what about the backlash oh no there's gonna be backlash like who cares he's innocent take the backlash you know i mean nfl still has more balls you know it's like they signed to sean watson sean watson um i think he had to settle with the accusers i'm not sure exactly what happened um but you know it's it's more established that he did something than Bauer. Um, and, you know, the Browns just took the backlash and traded for him. And it just seems like a very poor decision in retrospect. Bauer's willing to uh, pitch for the minimum with incentives, uh, a much safer deal than trading for Deshaun Watson. But these, uh, you know, nerds have taken over baseball and, you know, it's the pussification of the American male. And I think they embody it. And I think that, uh, they will. I think there's probably that I was probably rightly mocked in the uh, chat room uh, for wasting a pick. It's pick round 26, so if I have to drop him. I'll drop him. But in the event that he signs, it's a home run, and uh, so I'm I'm fine with it. But I probably should have taken Brandon Lau. All right, uh, it goes back and forth. Uh, I need a catcher. I still like Danny Jansen. Uh, it looks like Alejandro Kirk has more of a DH type. Uh, Varshu's playing the outfield, so Jansen's their catcher. He's got some pop. Um, batting average could be 200 or it could be 260. That varies a lot with these guys. So Jansen, who I have in the other league too, is my, you know, 15 to 20 Homer cheap catcher. No problem there. Uh, on the way back, I take Bryce Terang, who was terrible, um, last year as an offensive player, but he's uh, a really good stolen base guy. Milwaukee is kind of burning it to the ground and playing young players. He was a first round pick in the amateur draft few years back and he also hit at triple a at age 22 or 23 pretty well in 2022 so he had a bad year last year but 
you know, maybe he gets better. And if he does play, he's going to run. And I was still a little nervous about my steals and second base. It's a little thin with just Lux there. So I took Terang. They'll be second baseman on the waiver wire too. All right. Round 29. I take my second catcher, Gary Sanchez, just signed with Milwaukee. Uh, has a little hand injury, but he's, I think he's facing live pitching now. Um, hit like 20 home runs last year and limited bats. Going to DH a lot. Not going to play catcher that much. This is ideal. Good park guy with serious pop, mostly DHing. Now I don't want him to hit 180, um, but if he can hit 225, 230 um, with 20 to you know 20 home runs, 25 home runs, depending on how much playing time he gets, uh, that will be just fine. And I like the price. Um, and it's round 30. I took Aaron Ashby, uh, former top pitching prospect, coming off a shoulder surgery, but he is healthier now and he's aiming to make the opening day rotation. I'll probably end up dropping him too. Just was kind of out of ideas at that point. There's no one that went after him that I really want anyway. So that's my team. Um, I give it a B plus. I think the Caminero pick probably should have been another pitcher. Tristan McKenzie would have been that pitcher. Um, you know, maybe I could have uh, gotten a uh, second baseman uh, with a little more um, reliability than Terang and Lux, but I'm looking at it. India, Jonathan India's hurt. He went in round 26. Brandon Lau was probably the pick instead of Bauer. And then I would have had uh, more solidity at second base. So maybe that was an error too. But otherwise, I I feel like I handled what was thrown at me pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes uh, confuse and conflate. I'm screwing this up. This draft isn't going well, but it's really not my fault. It's like, okay, well, they're just taking guys that I like. I'm getting snaked and got to adapt. And you can't, you know, get on yourself um, if the draft isn't going exactly as you had hoped um, when it's just circumstance. It's where things fell. It has nothing to do with your picks. And when I look back at the picks, uh, I would redo all of these picks basically the same, except maybe uh, Caminero 19. But again, that's an upside pick, you know, and in my corners, you know, uh, Arenado, Diaz and Naylor are not, you know, premium picks. So to have an extra corner uh, with upside is not necessarily uh, a bad thing. Just got to get, you know, got to be called up soon. Um, and so overall, I am pretty happy with this. Uh, a little concerned with speed, a little concerned with pitching depth. And, uh, and I need, you know, my young, uh, Jackson holiday, Ezekiel Tovar, eventually Caminero, uh, Lux Terang, uh, sketchy middle infield to pan out. I think Lau would have been a good pick just to have another guy there. And I think Lau is probably target him in another draft. He's cheap and he, uh, you know, he could hit 25, 30 home runs and hit two fifty two sixty Um, and if he's healthy and that, would be worth quite a bit. He doesn't run and he could also hit 210. So, I mean, that's that's why he's available so late. So that's that. That's beat Chrysalis 2. Feel pretty good about it. Already gave away those two. I may do an auction league at some point um, because I want to get some players that's not really possible to get uh, in a traditional draft. Um, and and so I might do it that way. But, um, but pretty happy with this team overall. All right. Well, that is it for now. Till next time.